Hello and namaste. Welcome to the 12th episode of Behind White Coats podcast. Let's begin with today's episode. I am Soumya Pahari, 5th year student of MBBS. And I am Soumya Sukla, 3rd year student of MBBS. And we are your hosts for today. We hope all of you are safe and sane inside your homes. as we adjust to the ongoing major crisis in the world the covid-19 pandemic after the initial months of fear and uncertainty to the dramatic precaution measures that has completely changed our lifestyle we are slowly moving towards the so-called new normal indeed 2020 has been rather challenging for all of us the battle against coronavirus turned out to be tougher than what we expected which brings me to today's topic for the podcast Today we are going to talk about one of the most awaited invention of the year the covid-19 vaccine. Yes, whose successful development is hoped to be the key weapon to defeat the covid-19 pandemic. But when we talk about the vaccine a lot of queries arise in our minds. Is it safe? Is it effective? When will we have it or what if we don't? You're right. Though it is still early to make an accurate statement regarding the vaccine. We have a very special guest with us today, retired General Professor Dr. Brajendra Shivastav, who will shed some light with his valued opinions. Dr. Shivastav is a pulmonologist and critical care specialist, working with respiratory diseases for past twenty years. Sir, welcome to the episode. Thank you very much, uh, Samiksha, and thank you, Somya, for inviting me to this uh, podcast. and uh, i would uh, like to give you my opinion about uh, the present scenario of the vaccine covid vaccine and the covid disease as such so i am a professor dr brijendra shrivastav uh, working in the department of internal medicine uh, at the nepalese army institute of health sciences college of medicine and uh, i am involved in the teaching learning activities of mbbs students as well as the postgraduate md medicine students i have been working in the field of pulmonology since the last uh, 20 years and uh, i have got uh, a lot of experience in uh, treating other respiratory diseases however uh, this uh, sars cov2 or the covid disease is new to me as it is for the rest of the world initially it uh, started as uh, a small flu like illness in wuhan in china in the later part of december 2019 so that is why it is called sars cov 2019 previously two other sars cov viruses had been uh, identified one was the sars cov 1 that was causing the acute respiratory syndrome in 2003 and then there was this uh, middle east respiratory syndrome uh, in 2012 however these two infections were not very serious and they were able to be contained but however this covid is a uh, such a disease that it is very very transmissible to humans and it has got uh, some potentiality to develop serious forms of disease and uh, it has got a 
got a lot of morbidity and mortality uh, in this uh, condition. So uh, I'll be talking about uh, the vaccine, though I'm not a very uh, good uh, specialist regarding the vaccine. Uh, I have taken my uh, references from uh, the WHO site where everything is given about the COVID vaccines, uh, how they are emerging and what are the uh, effects of the vaccines uh, in the initial trial, trial period. Some vaccines are in the phase one trial, some vaccines are in phase two trial, others are in phase three trials. So I would like to give my opinion on the present scenario of uh, coronavirus disease in uh, Nepal as well as in the world and what is it going to be different if we develop a COVID vaccine. So before we begin, we'd love to hear your experiences in this pandemic, both personally and as a healthcare professional. Okay, so personally, when this uh, pandemic started, uh, it was in March when WHO declared this disease as a pandemic. After that, uh, it was slow to come to Nepal. It uh, was not very rapid in the response in coming to Nepal, but however, Gradually, the disease has progressed in Nepal, and now we are having quite a few deaths, between 10 to 15 deaths a day, and uh, around 1,000 to 1,200 odd people are getting infected every day. So I've got uh, some experience with the disease. I've been actively been involved in the management of uh, people having COVID, and I've seen all the forms of disease, mild uh, type of disease, the moderate type of disease, and also serious types of diseases which uh, make the patient go uh, onto a ventilator. And uh, we have had a few successes in the treatment of this uh, mild form of illness. However, the serious forms of illness are uh, having a greater mortality uh, rather than the recovery. So uh, I would just like to share with you my experiences, uh, what I have encountered in the treatment of uh, these uh, COVID patients and regarding the vaccine. Yes, sir. This has been really difficult time for all of us. We can barely imagine what it must be right now in the hospitals. Now, moving on to the questions. Sir, in your opinion, why is the COVID-19 vaccine important? What change can it bring to the current situation of the pandemic? Well, uh, the current uh, vaccine, which is uh, under development, all over the world. So there are more than 180 uh, types of uh, groups of people which are involved. And uh, in a country like United States, there are more than two to three vaccines which are under development. So it gives uh, a lot of importance for the development of the vaccine. Because if you do not have the vaccine and uh, we do not have uh, also an effective treatment, then a lot of people are going to die because this, uh, the nature of this uh, disease is uh, highly infectious and the human-to-human -human transmission is very, very high. So if uh, the vaccine does not come in the near future, then a lot many people are going to die with the disease and uh, people are going to get infected uh, with uh, coronavirus and they are going to develop herd immunity if... Uh, more than 60% of the people are infected with the virus. So it is going to take a long time 
and uh, there are going to be lot many lockdowns lot many curfews and uh, the whole economy of uh, the nation as well as the world the global economy is going to be affected if uh, there is a vaccine then definitely we are going to vaccinate the people but however the the part where the vaccine is achieved if there is a successful vaccine it is not very easy that the vaccine can be distributed to the people who require the most so and vaccine is may not also be available in the de- developing and underdeveloped countries so because the vaccines will first go to the developed nations they will be uh, paying more money to get that vaccine and uh, to get vaccinated so it is uh, definitely a challenge for the who and the uh, people who are involved in the manufacture of these vaccines uh, that uh, after the successful invention of the vaccine it has to be distributed to each and every nook and corner of the world so that everyone has got access to the vaccine and this is going to take a long time it is going to take more than 2 years for uh, the vaccine to be available throughout the world uh, the preliminary reports that may be available by december 2019 but however the vaccine is not in the offing till about april 2021 and even if it is available in 2021 it is not going to be available uh, to the uh, developing nations um, till uh, maybe 2021 so we are expecting a vaccine to be available at uh, in and around the later part of 2021 so sir is vaccine the only breakthrough we need to end this global health suffering well uh, a vaccine would have been better it would have been beautiful to have a vaccine but however the vaccine only may not uh, you know serve the purpose because along with the vaccine we also require good effective cure if uh, the cures are uh, not there then people are repeatedly going to be infected now we are seeing so many uh, recurrence of infections recurrent cases uh so uh, the development the immunity is also not very very uh, promising uh at present because though the vaccines the in the trial period have been able to have a good response of uh, producing antibodies in the humans uh the eff- the effectivity of vaccines still under uh, trial and also the duration of the effectivity is also a big question mark at this present uh, early stage so we still don't know what uh, is going to come next but however an effective treatment would have could have been uh, would have been an added advantage to the development of the vaccine okay so can you tell us about the potential covid-19 vaccines that are undergoing development there are about 190 candidate vaccines listed on who okay so there are uh, many many vaccines there are more than 180 maybe 190 vaccines or more and out of them uh, around 35 vaccines are under the phase 3 trial uh, two vaccines one from the china 
and one from the uh, Russia. They had uh, been given early approval, but however, that early approval have, has been revoked now. So each and every vaccine uh, is uh, being developed all around the world. And uh, these uh, 35 vaccines, which are uh, under the uh, third phase uh, you know, trials. So there are actually two types of uh, vaccines. The older method by which we used to develop the vaccine, that was the live attenuated type of vaccines or killed attenuated ones. Uh, that we are using to develop the vaccine. But nowadays it is, uh, you know, some newer methods of uh, vaccine development which are, uh, uh, you know, occurring. So uh, there are multiple research groups have designed potential vaccines, but uh, there is much more work to do. The trials need to show that the vaccine is safe and it would not be useful if it caused more problems than the disease. And the clinical trials will also need to show vaccines that they provoke a good immune response, which protect people from getting sick. And the way of producing the vaccine in a huge scale must be developed for the billions of potential doses. So there are 7 billion population. And we expect that around 50 to 60% of the people uh, will uh, be needing the vaccination uh, to have a good immune response and to curtail the uh, transmission of the disease. So there is going to be a huge uh, logistical challenge also, even after the development of the vaccine, because uh, it has to be safely distributed to different parts of the world and different countries so that each and everyone has got access to these vaccines. So we know the development of a vaccine takes almost a decade to be made available commercially, right? So if vaccine is aimed to be made available by next year, does this raise any concern about the quality of the vaccine itself? Yes, actually, uh, uh, it, is, it is a race. Uh, some countries are taking it as a race to develop the vaccine. But actually, worldwide, it is not a race to develop the vaccine because... Uh, only the development of the ineffective vaccine is not good. So that is why even if there are a lot of pol political pressures to uh, have a uh, vaccine ready by, uh, say, December 2020 or by March 2021, uh, that, that is probably not possible. So as I said, that uh, these uh, vaccines are under trial and the trial takes uh, a long, long, long time. And it is not possible for the vaccines uh, to come uh, in the near future uh, or at least for six months where we can have uh, some preliminary uh, types of the vaccine. However, the activity has to be tested and you cannot just uh, manufacture the vaccine and start giving it to people without even testing it. So that is why these two vaccines uh, developed by the China and the Sputnik uh, vaccine by the Russians, uh, it has been revoked. Uh, because now they have to do this uh, testing and it is not good uh, to give them, uh, you know, commission uh, prior to having that uh, third phase trial. So that is why uh, the vaccines have uh, been revoked and now under trial. So th this is the scenario of uh, the uh, vaccine worldwide today. And uh, what is the next question, Samiksha? 
How promising are the results of leading vaccine candidates like Oxford, Moderna, or Sputnik? Okay, these uh, vaccines, uh, they have uh, initially shown to be highly effective in generating an immune response, that is the antibody response. All the vaccines uh, under trial, uh, but we still don't know how effective they are and how long they are going to be uh, carried in the vaccines. Uh, how long the immunity is to be carried uh, after the vaccination. But initially, all these vaccines, they have been shown good promise to generate a good antibody response. And uh, regarding these vaccines, this Sputnik from the Russia, I have already told you that uh, it is now in the third phase trial and even the Moderna vaccine in the United States is uh, in their trial phase. So these are going to give uh, good results. However, uh, the race is not actually between the countries or the companies, but the race is to develop a vaccine as early as possible and uh, to curtail the COVID, uh, COVID disease or the coronavirus infection. So actually the race is on that and not uh, the, uh, the different various countries or various companies who are manufacturing the vaccines. Sir, like you said earlier, the vaccines being developed are of newer types, like using adenovirus from chimpanzees, mRNA, DNA vaccines. How does this differ from vaccines of other diseases? Okay, so I had uh, given you a hint uh, previously that uh, the vaccines which were earlier developed were because of uh, the live attenuated uh, types of uh, vaccines, or there were like killed uh, vaccines which used to uh, have an antigenic property and they used to generate the, uh, the required immunogenic response. So the vaccines, you know, uh, which are, uh, you know, newer in type. So they have, uh, they have these uh, type of vaccines, which will, uh, uh, which are, you know, uh, generated by uh, various other procedures. So some are uh, live attenuated vaccines, like the vaccine in China is live attenuated type of uh, the vaccine. But however, there are certain other vaccines uh, which are, you know, uh, mRNA, that is the messenger RNA type. And there are certain vaccines which are DNA types. There are certain uh, vaccines which are uh, taken from the adenovirus. So uh, the Russian vaccine is actually uh, is uh, being developed from two adenoviruses. So they have uh, uh, now, since the genetic sequence of the coronavirus is known, so you can uh, make certain genetic sequ sequences and you can put on top of this uh, adenoviruses and these adenoviruses will be injected into the person to generate that uh, particular type of response. So these are uh, uh, these are the you know vaccines. So various types of uh, vaccines. Uh, these are called like plug and play vaccines. And uh, some some vaccines, the the Oxford researchers they have put small sections of a genetic code into uh, harmless viruses that infects the chimpanzees. So they appear to have developed a safe virus that looks enough like the coronavirus to produce the immune response. Similarly, other groups are using pieces of raw genetic code 
maybe the dna or the rna and depending upon the approach uh, the messenger rna which once injected into the body would start producing bits of viral proteins which the immune system can recognize and then try to fight it with manufacturing of antibodies however this type of approach is completely new so whatever the approach of generating a vaccine it should give a good antibody response that is the uh, final say on uh, the development of the vaccine and it has to be effective and the effectivity has to be prolonged so among this type of vaccines what which one would be the most effective one sir uh, as i said uh, uh, these are like newer approaches of uh, developing the vaccine uh, the messenger rna the dna uh, vaccines the rna type of vaccines and uh, certain genetic sequences which have been which have been uh, you know created in the lab and they are then put on top of uh, this adenoviruses uh, so whatever the method is uh the uh, these uh, vaccines they should be able to generate a good immune response at the end of the day so that is the thing only important rather than uh, uh, you know developing uh, various uh, techniques and means of uh, uh, these development of uh, the vaccines so no matter which type of vaccine and uh, the technique by which uh, it is manufactured uh, it should generate a good uh, immune response so as far as uh, i know uh, even live attenuated the uh, method we are using since the last uh, uh, maybe 100 years or so so to generate uh, these type of uh, vaccines that is good enough to to have uh, uh, you know good immune response so when can we expect the vaccine to be made available to the general public especially in developing countries like ours okay uh, Uh, as i said that uh, the preliminary reports uh, of the uh, vaccines under trial they are going to be uh, out maybe after december 2020 and the earliest uh, uh, reports from the third phase trials will be available by maybe march or april 2021 vaccines can be manufactured but however it is not so simple as uh, you know just by manufacturing the vaccine the people are not going to get it so what is the effectivity how long is the antibody generation uh, and if the vaccines are say manufactured in united states of america how long is it going to take to come to nepal so there is a uh, you know system uh, by the who it is uh, called the covax so the goal of covax is by the end of 2021 to deliver 2 billion doses of safe effective vaccines that have passed regulatory approval and also who pre qualification so it is not only the companies which are manufacturing the vaccine but actually the countries which give the approval after the countries they give the approval for the vaccine it is the who who has to give the pre qualification and then they go ahead and manufacture the vaccines so these vaccines will be offered equally to all participating countries so already the who has taken uh, you know various uh, countries which have uh, you know submitted expressions of interest uh, to have that vaccine 
So these vaccines will be offered equally to all participating countries, proportional to their populations, initially prioritizing healthcare workers. And then, of course, uh, the COVAX facility will also maintain a buffer of doses for emergency and humanitarian use, including daily with severe outbreaks. So it is actually this uh, COVAX, and this COVAX contains three pillars. One is the access to COVID-19 tools, that is the ACT accelerator. Uh, this is this is how uh, this is uh, going to procure all the vaccines uh, by the WHO, and then it is going to distribute to various uh, various countries. And this is uh, another uh, pillar is the coalition of epidemic preparedness innovations, that is called CEPI, and there's another office called the GAVI. Now, this uh, GAVI was. Uh, established in 2017, whereas the CEPI is slightly older. So these are the three uh, pillars of uh, this uh, uh, COVAX vaccine pillar. Uh, this is going to have the vaccine manufactured all over the globe, procure it, and then is going to supply to all over the country. So what I expect that in a country like ours, now Nepal has been identified as uh, low-income countries and the name has been already been registered to get the vaccine. Then there are some low middle income countries like uh, Pakistan, Indonesia, Kenya, India. And then there are additional eligible uh, small countries like Dominica, Fiji, Grenada, and all these things. So Nepal has also been registered in that. So what I expect that uh, uh, these are the, the 92 economies that will be supported by the COVAX advanced market commitment, so that uh, these countries will be able to get the vaccine. This is going to be possibly uh, only after, say, July 2021, that Nepal is going to get the vaccine. Sir, so until it's made widely available, who do you think should be in the priority to be vaccinated first? So uh, uh, your question was that uh, who would be in... Uh, priority to be vaccinated yes sir until it's widely available to everyone okay so uh, till it is widely available uh, the who and uh, this covax group it has said that uh, it will be uh, giving the vaccine to the people who require it most so number one will be the medical personnel who are involved in the treatment of uh, covid uh, number two will be people who are more vulnerable to, to the disease, that is, people more than 60 years old, that is, elderly people. Number three priority is people who are having comorbidities, like any immune-compromised status, like you must have heard that many people who are having comorbidities, they are dying first. So people with having diabetes, people having hypertension, people ha having uh, uh, coronary artery disease, people having kidney disease, uh, people on immunosuppressives, people with HIV infection. So these are the people who are uh, more vulnerable and they will be given the vaccine first, if uh, at all it is available. So once we have a safe and effective vaccine, what proportion of population would we need to vaccinate in order to stop the transmission? Okay, so uh, the basic thing, you know, evolves around uh, what is the herd immunity like? So herd immunity is developed 
uh, when about 60 to 70 percent of the population is uh, vaccinated. And this type of uh, herd immunity uh, after vaccination will also be uh, liable uh, to produce uh, good herd immunity. And that is why this uh, herd immunity is going to prevent the further progression of the infection as well as the disease in uh, individuals. So I would say at this uh, juncture that probably 60 to 70% of the population needs to be vaccinated to have a good herd immunity. Uh, and uh, to achieve that, we still do not know because this uh, coronavirus is a highly infectious disease. It is not like any other viruses. Uh, like say even the influenza viruses which are slightly less uh, contagious but however this coronavirus uh, is highly highly contagious and uh, it uh, it is uh, transmitted very easily to other people uh, who are uh, uh, not uh, you know following the uh, three rules like wearing masks uh, using uh, hand hygiene and uh, also not maintaining social distancing so I would say that uh, around 60% or more of the population will require vaccination to have a good herd immunity and to prevent further infection. So in the same way, if 60% of our population is infected, will we acquire herd immunity as well? Uh, actually, the main purpose of uh, having a vaccine is to develop uh, immunity from uh, the disease. And herd immunity is uh, also you know, similar to that. Uh, in, in that, that it is uh, slightly different from having a vaccine because for herd immunity, people uh, tend to have an active infection. So in the vaccine, we give uh, uh, inactivated antigenic uh, particles, which is going to generate the same, same antigenic uh, response or uh, to create the antibodies as in herd immunity. So if the people are, uh, have got a good herd immunity, then they... Uh, they can be, you know, uh, the population can be saved from further infection. But we still have to see, like, how this uh, coronavirus behaves uh, only after, the, say, 60 to 70 percent of the population when they have been, you know, infected with the disease. So is it uh, liable that uh, a good herd immunity is going to prevent the further progression of the disease or... 60% of the herd immunity or 60% of the people having uh, vaccinations is uh, not going to uh, further progress the disease. We still have to see. Yes, sir. Now, the next question is my favorite, sir. Will the invention of an effective vaccine turn our social lives exactly to how it was in the beginning of 2019? Well, uh, it is very, very difficult to predict at uh, this juncture because we still do not know much about uh, COVID. However, we have known a lot since the disease started in the late December 2019. It has been nine months and we are aware of some of the pathology and characteristics of the disease. Much is still under the bridge. We still, are, still do not know what causes such tremendous human-to-human -human transmission, why some very young people are dying and many centenarians come out of their ventilators alive. The multisystem inflammatory syndrome seen in children and the coagulopathy and the vasculopathy that are found in the seriously ill COVID patients, the different types of ARDS and the prolonged suffering of COVID patients 
who have already recovered from the disease so we still don't know much about the disease then there are certain reinfections that are occurring in some individuals and the sluggish immune response seen in persons having milder and asymptomatic infections which can, cannot be duly explained so we are not yet sure what is going to be the response to the newly tested vaccines are they going to confer immunity if they are going to, going to confer immunity for how long before it wanes off as far as the present scenario tells us we have to probably live with the virus and we have to modify our lives accordingly a normal before covid life may be only possible after a couple of years when we know more and uh, and uh, an effective vaccine is in the market with uh, effective uh, treatment strategies hoping greatly that it wouldn't be the case what if we are not able to deploy a safe and effective vaccine at least for the next few years okay if uh, we are not able to develop a safe and effective vaccine uh, at least for uh, the next few years uh, life is going to be very very difficult we can expect a lot of morbidity and mortality owing to the disease we have to rely on the discovery and manufacture of some effective medications to cure covid even if this is not possible then we have to wait for the development of the herd immunity when at least 60 to 70% of the population of the world is infected and can prevent the spread of the disease to vulnerable uh, populations till this is achieved we have to rely on the other preventive measures so uh, with the disease when many of the countries are going into lockdowns the process of herd immunity is delayed so people are not uh, developing the herd immunity because they are staying in their homes they are not getting exposed with the virus so till a good and effective safe vaccine is uh, evolved uh, we have to rely on other preventive measures like we have to have this social distancing uh, hand washing wearing of the masks uh, sanitizing of the common areas where people are movement is more uh, following crowd prevention rules like in public transport air transport and containment of the areas of the spread of the disease like uh, you know certain areas where uh, which need us will will be needing still uh, lockdowns and uh, the various uh, places where we would like to uh, impose curfews so this is uh, going to cause a huge drain on the individuals the business groups of the country and the companies and individual national economies and consequently the, to the whole of the world so it's a very very difficult situation where if you are not able to develop a safe and effective vaccine we all will be sufferers and we cannot lead a normal life till uh, till uh, an effective vaccine and effective treatment is developed yes we are almost at the end of our session uh, lastly we would like to know sir comparing an effective vaccine with an effective antiviral medication whose first discovery do you think will have a more positive in- impact to bring the pandemic under control well actually it is both both an effective vaccine and an effective antiviral drugs are needed to control the pandemic many of the viral diseases like measles confer a long term lifetime protection from disease so the vaccine against measles is effective for a, la- a lifetime now diseases like influenza confer immunity at least for a year 
because after a year they go into this antigenic shift and people need to be vaccinated every year for about 70 to 80% of immunity after which there is an uh, there is a uh, you know every year the new vaccine needs to be developed every year and for each and every season so there may be a vaccine for a summer season there may be a vaccine for a fall uh, fall season and there may be a vaccine for the rainy season or the monsoon season the vaccines uh, for the southern hemisphere might be different and the vaccines for uh, the northern hemispheres might be different efficacy cannot be gauged only on the production of antibodies that will prevent the disease for a very short uh, period but the effectivity has to be for a prolonged period of time the longer the immunity is conferred the better it is presently we do not know the duration of the protection conferred from covid by the antibodies generated by getting an infection from sars cov2 as we are getting cases with reinfection and the role of convalescent plasma therapy containing high titers of antibodies is still questionable and it is not proven to be the cure of covid so the protection offered by these vaccines will be questionable till it is proven that they will offer long term protection from the disease at least for a year now uh, we know that uh, diseases like tuberculosis uh, they are still a scourge of mankind malaria kills millions of people annually hiv infection has been present since the last 40 years however vaccines for these viral protozoal and bacterial diseases have still not yet have been developed is you know uh, for example there is no vaccine for tuberculosis though many vaccines are under development there is still not any vaccine for malaria and no vaccine for hiv till the development of an effective vaccine or the development of herd immunity we need to contain the disease so that further morbidity and mortality are reduced just by implementing such simple techniques like hand washing wearing masks and maintaining social distancing hundreds of thousands of lives can be saved by the prevention of spread of the virus to other susceptible individuals but if we can develop an effective treatment that kills the virus we can further reduce the morbidity and mortality among the people and save many lives the lockdowns curfews cost of the critical care management and the excessive drain on the national economies for the prevention and treatment of covid supplemented by the complete stagnation of the economies and increase in the unemployment rate has caused permanent damage to the national survivability that is going to take decades to recover if things normalize in the next year thus the world is in need of an effective vaccine to prevent covid and also to treat covid with effective medications for those people who are going to contract the disease in the coming years yes sir that is true indeed Would you like to say something for our valued listeners at last, sir? Okay. In the end, I would uh, just like to sum up uh, that uh, till we have an effective treatment, till we have an effective uh, vaccine, we have got to take precautions so that uh, the coronavirus is not transmitted into our community, and uh, we are all safe from coronavirus infections. So to do all these things. we need to maintain social distancing number 1 number 2 we have got to wear masks wherever we are whenever we are outside whenever we are in the public places and also we have got to have a good hand hygiene 
so that whenever we touch anything we should wash our hands and whenever uh, uh, things uh, that we feel that may be contaminated by uh, uh, coronavirus uh, like organism or maybe some other organism then we need to take adequate precautions so that the disease is not uh, transmissible and uh, so that we can prevent the infection till we have proper treatment and proper vaccination thank you thank you so much sir for your wise words but sadly like every other things this has to come to an end as well yes and for the sake of humanity we wish a safe and effective vaccine against the virus will be available soon and at an affordable price so an economically lagging country like ours will not have to make the tough call of vaccinating only a selected population group until then please remain safe inside your homes and use all the preventive measures recommended by the world health organization when you have to step out that's right let's not take this pandemic lightly rather let's play it out safe and smart so we can help reduce the burden already weighing in all the frontline workers to all of you listening until we meet again happy quarantine stay safe and keep listening to behind white coats